Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. have a plan for every one of our lives. There's no doubt about that. Uh, If God saved you, He desires for you to fulfill His will for your life. The idea that there's a God in heaven that's made plans for my life is such a wonderful thought. Think God cares about me that much and that God cares about you that much that and I know for the Lord he can do all things instantaneously and it not take an ounce of energy or time but in our minds the way we think what that means is is there was a time where God had to at least in some way turn his thoughts upon me upon you and at least in his mind say this is what I know I can get out of their life and this is the plan that I have if Josh Lawson will give me everything that he has this is what I have in store for his life but the problem is A lot of us, we give God pieces, we give God a little bit, we give God what we're comfortable with. And just like Brother Noble preached the other other week when we started revival back in June, there were some things that God bought us to get out of us. And He don't always get those things. But yet, God still has a plan. Even when we're unfaithful, the plan remains. Even when we've wasted time, albeit maybe even years of time, the plan still remains. I'd hate to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and God showed me what my life could have been if I'd have let it have his way in my life to just see my life accomplish a little bit when it could have accomplished so much more I think the saddest thing on the day of on on judgment day will be no doubt those who aren't there with us those at the judgment seat of Christ all of those that we thought would be standing near us that aren't and knowing there's a great white throne waiting for them that'll be the hardest thing I believe but close to that would be standing before our Lord knowing how much he's worthy of And to realize that in that moment our life has already been lived and it's done. And there's nothing more we can do. (laughs) But yet there was so much wasted time. So much wasted effort. 
so we've, that we had fallen so short of what God wanted for our lives. God knows, I believe with all of my heart, God knows exactly what He can get out of our lives. The, the maximum amount of glory that you can bring to His name with your existence. And I realize none of us will be perfect. But I do believe we can do more than we do. We could want that plan more than we do. We can walk in that plan more than we do. God has a wonderful plan for our, for our lives as individuals. I believe God has a plan for our families, for our homes. Can't help look at all the young people that God's given our church and think about the plan that God has for their life. The untapped into potential that one life has. You know, we, 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 we talk about all of the great saints of God of the past. But do you know that none of them are any different than we are? Made out of the same flesh. They had the same number of hours in a day. They had the same Bible we have. They just chose to do more with it. I didn't get to meet a lot of those guys that we talk about. I know some of you did. Uh, last Sunday, I believe it was, Brother Lewis let me hold his Bible, his first Bible that he had. Uh, and I, he let me look in the signatures. And I he was talking and fellowshipping and to folks while I was holding it. And Brother Lewis, I couldn't help but hold your Bible and be humbled. It ain't even my Bible, it's his. But be humbled to be that close to a signature of some of those old soldiers of the faith. I look down and, and, and I know we don't worship men, but I think about all the men that God's put in my life that have blessed me. Men that I never lived to meet. I looked it around on some of those names and when I saw Brother Mays' signature in the middle, it almost took my breath away. Because I know what God's done in my life through the preaching of Brother Mays Jackson. I never met him. When he died, I think I was three years old when he died. I didn't have a clue who Jesus was at that time, much less church or Brother Mays. But in all those years since, he being dead has yet spoken to my life through CDs of sermons. And I know the times that I've spent in prayer before God. And I say, God, I would love to have just a touch of the power of God on my life that that man had. I mean, you can name name after name after name, and it's just, it's amazing. And, but the end of the day as much as I revere men like Mays Jackson and Billy Kelly and Harold Seitler as much as I revere men that I've known like Brother Wardlaw that's went to be with heaven and Brother Bobby Robertson that went to be with heaven and been, went to be with the Lord in heaven and so on and so forth every single one of those men were just men they put their shoes on just like we do 
They tied their neckties to go to church just like we do. The wives put on their dresses and their shoes just like we do. The only thing that separates us from our life, being able to tap into what they had, was they gave God more of their life. They said, God, I'm giving you more, and I want more from you. You have a plan, and that's what I want to walk in. I wonder how many of us this morning are even making an attempt to know what God's plan is for our life. One of the greatest days of my life I had when I was a 19-year-old boy sitting at my grandmother's kitchen table. And I had this very Bible out. And I had it open to 1 Peter chapter number 5. I was seeking God's will for my life even as a teenage boy. I knew that God had called me to preach and I had been preaching for 11 years at that time. But the older I got and the more doors the Lord opened, I began to pray, God, what do you want for my life? You want me to be an evangelist? If you do, I'll be that. But you've got to open the doors because I don't believe in self-promotion. I should have got a better amen with that, especially from you preachers. I don't believe in self-promotion. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in calling a hundred pastors and begging to preach. I believe if God wants you to preach for a man, God will let that man know he wants you to preach for him. I believe if God has a, God has a, has a door for you to walk through, God will open the doors. Amen. I never tried to open any doors for myself. I didn't open the door of coming here for myself. It's just something that I was living for God and doing the best I could to serve Him, walking in the, the, what I knew to be the will of God for my life in that moment. And it just came. It was, a, it was a door that I realized was open. And even still, as I mentioned to you a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we sought the Lord about whether it would be God's will for us to come here. And it is because we're here. But I said, God, if you want me to be an evangelist, I'll be an evangelist. God, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary. If you want me to go to the farthest corner of the earth and tell somebody about you, I'll be glad to do it. You saved me. You loved me. I don't have to go to hell. I'll go anywhere and do anything you tell me to do. I said, God, if you want me to be a pastor, I want to be the best pastor I can be. In my humble opinion, I, I, mean, I was sitting under my pastor, and as far as I was concerned, he was the greatest pastor I'd ever known, the greatest pastor I'd ever had, I'd ever seen. He's the greatest Bible preacher still to this day I've ever known and heard. I was reading 1 Peter chapter number 5. Verse number 1, the Bible says this, the elders, this is... Peter speaking, the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Verse 2, Peter said, feed the flock of God which is among you, 
taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And verse number four is faded in my Bible because I read it with tears. It says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And as sure as I've ever known anything in my life, as sure as I know what my name is, I read those verses that God led Peter to write to those elders, which is a word in the Bible that's interchangeable with the word pastor. Talking to them about being an overseer, talking to them about feeding the flock of God, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. At this time, I'm, I'm in Bible college. I'm trying to prepare my mind. At this time, I have a little nursing home ministry in Spartanburg, South Carolina, to where I'm, I'm preaching to those people. And I'm trying to feed God's children in that place with the Word of God every Sunday, twice every Sunday, trying to give them something for them in their current condition, and their current position in life where God allowed them to come to that place trying to feed them with the Bible. They couldn't, they couldn't offer me a paycheck. They couldn't offer, they, we didn't take up offerings. We, we couldn't, when they got saved, we couldn't baptize them. Nobody wants you taking grandma down to the creek to baptize her from the nursing home. We were able a few times to have the Lord's Supper with them. We were able three times to be able to host a revival meeting for them able to have special singing days and special services and much. I tried much of what you would get in church. I tried to bring to them as much as the management and administration would let us. But I'm, I'm in Bible college. I'm trying to prepare for whatever God has next. I'm in that nursing home ministry trying to love on those people and try to shepherd those people a little bit. And sitting there at my grandmother's dining room table. God let me read these verses about feeding the flock and it's written to the elders and taking the oversight and not being lords of God's heritage but in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, that's another word in the Bible that's compared to the pastor. When the chief shepherd, when Christ who is the chief shepherd appears he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When God, when I read those, as well as I know anything in my life, Brother Gary, God told me at 19 years old I want you to be a pastor. And I didn't know where or how. But at 19, I knew that before I leave this world, somebody is going to call me pastor. Because God told me in his book, God put it in my heart through his word that it was going to happen. And at 19 years old, I knew beyond the shadow of any doubt what God's plan was for my life. I didn't know the how. I didn't know the way God was going to make it happen. I didn't know the people God was going to use. I didn't know that 
at 23 years old, God was going to use Brother Dean McNeese to recommend me to Grace Baptist Church in Brunswick, Maryland. I didn't realize that exactly one year to the date later, God was going to use Brother Barry Rackley to recommend me here. Hadn't been a whole slew of people in the world that's called me pastor, but there have been a few. Some of you. Every time I walk in, hey, Pastor, how you doing? Y'all have no idea what that does to my heart. Because <laughs> to hear you use that word means that God kept his promise. <laughs> what God said in his word at 19 years old, all of these years later, God's let me walk in his plan. What's God's plan for you? We may not look at the message I had for this morning. What's God? Do you know God's plan for your life? God let me know what his plan was for my life at 19. And before that, I knew, Brother Kyle, I knew what God's will was for my life before that. You know what it was? to be the director of that nursing home ministry out of my church. I knew it. And I was content, as content as I ever could be, preaching to those people into the day I died. If you want to see a group of people that loves Josh Lawson, let me take you to what used to be Maranatha Manor. I don't know what they named it now. Well, you, they changed the names a lot. What used to be Maranatha Manor. A lot of those people that are still there are people that I preach to. And if you saw the way they treated me and my family, you would think that they think that we walk on water. Now we don't. Obviously, you know that. We've been around each other enough for you to know that. But those people love their preacher. And they would tell anybody that I was their preacher. Out of the other ministries that came in, they say, this is our church. When resurrection comes in, that's our church. All these other folks that come in, those are activities, but this is our church and that's our preacher. That was God's will for my life then. God's will for your life is not always something that you're going to know every single detail years in advance. But you know how you can know God's will for your life? By knowing what it is for you in this moment. The reason why I'm the pastor of Beacon Baptist Church today is because before God ever gave me this promise of being a pastor, I walked in His will in my life for that moment. At 18, I took a little nursing home ministry. At 18, I started preaching in the prisons. At 18, I started preaching on the street corner. At 18, I started preaching in children's shelters and anywhere with an open door. Anywhere they'd let me come in with a Bible and tell them about Jesus. That was God's will for my life in that moment, Brother Lewis. Day by day, moment by moment. And when God enlarges your coast, He'll let you know. When God has more for you, He'll let you know. And at times, if God wants your public ministry or public life or whatever to take a temporary step back, He'll let you know. 
if you've got a relationship with this book, you can know the will of God. I'm not talking about the will of the preacher for your life. There's plenty of people that I've known through the years that if it was my will for their life, their life would look a lot different. Even as of late. But it's not always about my will for their life. It's never, really, it's never about my will for their life. It's God's will. The greatest success that you can ever be is being exactly what God wants you to be. I have a quote that I, one of the habits that I've had throughout the years, not just getting preachers to sign my Bible, but if there's a quote from a preacher that blesses me, I'll write it in the, in the front of my Bible. trying to find a particular quote. I don't want to misquote him. It's too good to misquote. The man that I'm about to quote to you is not he's not a famous preacher. None of you would hardly even know his name if I called it. in here. I might just have to quote it anyway. If I mess it up, I'll fix it tonight. Some of Brother Caldwell's in here, praise the Lord. Got some of Brother Lewis's in here. Here it is. <laughs> Looked all over the page, it was right there in the middle. Life's greatest discovery is to find the will of God and life's greatest achievement is to do it. Amen. The man, he sat on my ordination. The man that gave that quote is a man that pastors in Lyman, South Carolina and he pastors probably less people that's on this side of our building today. And when he said that, he had about the same. Life's greatest discovery is to find the will of God. You'll never discover anything better than what God created you for. And life's greatest achievement is to climb the ladder of success and make a billion dollars for everyone to know your name for your name to be up in lights, for you to have your name in a history book, for everyone to remember you throughout the eons of time, for you to be known in your sphere of 
followers and influence as a big deal and a brainiac or a popular guy. For you to be the cool kid or the cool person, the popular girl or the funny boy, no. Your greatest achievement in life isn't getting married, it isn't having children, it isn't having some big job that makes you feel important. The greatest achievement you'll ever have in life is to do the will of God. Church, I will tell you without hesitation, I realize that I'm not much. Like Brother Wardlaw used to say, I'm nothing but a zero with a circle rubbed out. I'm worth nothing but a spot in a lake of fire. Outside of Jesus, there's nothing impressive about me or my life in any way. So many times I feel like the worst Christian in this room. I have failed my Savior in more ways than I ever care to count. But at 30 years old, having met Jesus at the age of eight, for 22 years of my life, I can tell you without hesitation, that the greatest achievement I have in life is knowing the will of God and doing it. I have never regretted giving my heart to Jesus. I've never regretted trusting Him with my never-dying soul. I have never regretted extinguishing my plans for life. My plans. If I had my plans, I'd probably be somewhere teaching history. That was my passion. It's a nerdy passion, but it was a passion. I had for my life when I got serious with God I had to say God I'm willing to extinguish every plan I've got and leave my life an open book for you to do whatever you wanted I've never had one job that I've ever worked that was my plan every job I've ever worked I knew in my heart that is the job that will get me to where God's calling me. It lets me be free. The money's not great, but it lets me have open doors to preach. And that is what I'm pursuing. Paychecks is not what was my concern. Great benefits wasn't my concern. God will take care of the details, but I was pursuing the passion, the, the, the calling rather that God had put upon my life. And anything that deterred from that, I knew was not God's plan for my life. 
I could have made more money than working at a Rose's department store. But Brother Michael, I got off every Sunday and I got off every Wednesday. That's why that Wednesday night that y'all made that announcement, I could look at you and say, and I could do the same with Brother Kyle, if you give up something for the Lord, he will return it to you a hundredfold. Because I've lived it. You never go wrong by trusting in his plan. What's God's plan for your life today? I assume by the fact that you're here that this church and this ministry is part of God's plan for your life. I'd love you. I do love you. And I'd hate, I, it breaks a pastor's heart to ever lose anybody. But if this church is not God's plan for your life, then you need to pursue God's plan. If this church is God's plan for your life, you need to hunker down and pursue God's plan with everything you have. What's God's plan? Do you even know? Have you ever tried to pursue? Do you even care? If you do, if you care, find your place on an altar. If you've never asked God to help you locate that perfect plan, to let you know 100% what His plan is, find your place at an altar. Do business with the Lord. Ask God in your Bible reading to make it more than just reading verses. But let ask God to help those verses to jump off of the page and jump into your heart to where they'll mean more than they've ever meant. There might be some of you young men God wants to use in the ministry. There might be some of you young ladies, maybe like my wife, that God would want to use in the ministry. My wife knew at an early age that God wanted her to be a pastor's wife. He had confirmed it. So her whole life she stayed pure and clean and as holy as she could be so she wouldn't miss God's plan. Sometimes we get in our own way of pursuing God's plan. If you need to mind the Lord, you come on. God has a plan for your life, child of God. If you're here this morning and you're lost, God has a plan for your life. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Here's God's will, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The first step in God's plan for any person's life is for them to be born again. The second step in God's plan for you is for you to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, begin to walk with Him by faith, be a member of a local New Testament Bible preaching church. And from that moment on, read your Bible, study, pray, have a walk with God, and pursue Him with everything that you have. The Christian life is not difficult, but it is certainly not easy. What I just told you is not complex, but it's going to take a lot of desire and a lot of help from God for any of us to do those simple things the way that God would have for us to do it. What's God's plan for your life? The invitation's already started. I don't have any more to say. 
God started an invitation this morning. Why don't you come and mind the Lord as they say.
this morning with a heart that's absolutely filled and full. You've been so good to us today and every day. Lord, I'm so aware of how undeserving I am. And I'm also full aware of where my life could have been. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you put a pastor in my life that had a burden to share with us as I've tried to share with our congregation. Verses that you gave him in his life that directed his every step. of God does not have to be mysterious. You're not the author of confusion. You're not trying to keep anything from us. There are verses in the Bible that are commands that are clear. Those things are the will of God for us in this moment. May we obey the Bible and know your will in this moment. And may we pursue those things until you give us more light, until you open more doors. And when we have heaven's approval and the smile of heaven upon our the open door, I pray that you'd help us to walk in it with assurance and faith that this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. I pray for each and every soul that's gathered here today and others that we know and love that are just trying to figure out your will. First of all, Lord, let me pray for those who are out of your will that are clearly out of your will. In this congregation, people no doubt are here, and they know that they're saved, and they know you as their Savior, but they're out of your will. May you arrest their heart, and may you do business with them in a very real and unmistakable way until they come back to you, Lord, confessing their sins and with a heart broken by their distance and rebellion and backslid life, get back.
life in your wheel. I pray for those that are out of your wheel because they're not saved. That this day, this moment, they would hear a call not from me, but from the Holy Ghost of God. And I pray that, that call to salvation would be so strong in conviction that it would be undeniable what it is, why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. That they would clearly know that it's Holy Ghost conviction because they're lost and they need to be saved. And I pray that they'd place their faith in you. Lord, I'd love to see it today. But Lord, definitely before it's eternally too late. Father, I want to pray for those in our congregation that are searching for your will. I pray when they open their Bibles and read, and I pray they will. I pray that they would become voracious readers of the Bible. That they would do as you told John to do in the book of the Revelation. Lord, in a, in a, in a spiritual way, I pray you'd help them to eat the book. That it would be the source of food for their life every day, every moment. And Lord, as they're reading and as they're feeding on the Bible, you would help them to see those things that are your will for their life today. Help them to walk in those faithfully to the best of their ability. And Lord, I pray as they continue to do so every day, having a relationship with the Bible, I pray that you would give them more light and more direction. Lord, we have young people in this building that are at a crossroads in their life. That even as of late, they have been asking themselves the question, I wonder if this is God's plan for me, God's will for me. I pray that you'd help them not to make any missteps. I pray that today, they, they, they heard something that will salvage a train wreck spiritually in their life. And they'll make the decision that you would have. Lord, we've got young people in this, in this church. Their hearts are being pulled in a million directions. But Lord, you have a plan for their life. May the Spirit of God help them to ignore the direction that others have and to pursue the direction that you would have. Father, I pray not just for our young people, but for our entire congregation that in your heart you would know all of us are in the center of your perfect will. The most dangerous place to be is to be out of your will. You taught me that many years ago. But the safest place to be is in the center of the perfect will of God. And I pray that you'd help us all to be in that wonderful place. Minister, Lord, I pray as only you can through what you've done, you've chosen to do in this service. Thank you, Lord, for using these ladies to remind us that you have a plan and that we can be excited about the plan that you have for us. Lord, I today, Lord, I rejoice before you that I can stand here in front of this congregation 
and know that you have a plan for my life. To know that you have a plan for my family. That you have a plan for their life and for their family. And Lord, I stand here rejoicing today that despite the trials and despite, Lord, the changing of just the norm in our church in several ways, despite all that you've allowed to take place, to know that you have a bright plan for Beacon Baptist Church. You have a glorious future. And we don't have to be down, despondent, discouraged. We don't have to be awkward. We don't have to, to wonder. Everything is as you would have for it to be in this moment. And God, we trust that your will is being done as you allow us to walk in the direction of your plan and of your path. And Lord, every single one of us can leave this building today saying with truth and in reality that there is so much to be excited about. There is so much to look forward to. There is so much that you allow our church to be on the cusp of that I can honestly say I'm so excited about what you're doing here and what you're going to do here. There's no way I'd want to be anywhere else. I've got to see what you're doing. Lord, I want to walk in the plan that you have for us. And I pray as a church you would help that to be our heart's cry. Help that to be the attitude by which we live and conduct our lives for you and ministry for you in this place, through this place, under the authority of this local church out in the lost and dying world. Help us, I pray. See us home safely. Bless the nursing home ministry this afternoon. Bless each and every one of these as they head to their homes today. May you prepare us for what is to come in the service tonight. Looking forward to what you're going to do in advance. Lord, I realize you've got big things for us today. And Lord, we rejoice to know that you'd look on us, that you'd smile upon us today, that you'd pass our way in a special way and minister to our hearts. And Lord, we just love you. And Lord, we thank you for loving us. In the name that is above every name, I ask all of these things. I pray with a heart filled with rejoicing, and we worship you today in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Yeah.